want to jump into some word this morning. Uh, we've been talking about this series called Spirit Led over the past few weeks, and I'm telling you, over the next few weeks, we're still going to continue this. I'll go until Holy Spirit, until I'm led by Holy Spirit not to do it, right? Um, so we're going to uh, continue that until Holy Spirit says no. And over the last few weeks, what we've looked at, we've saw that man was created in the beginning in the, as the same category as God. He said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So we are created in the same category as God. You are spirit. We are spirit beings. We are supposed to be led by our spirit. Now, a lot of times we don't pay attention to that part of us. We get led by emotions and we get led by our fears and we get uh, led by uh, other things. I tell you, I started to write it down last night. Reese and I was watching Doctor Who last night and, and uh, they, they, they said, hey, God will talk to you everywhere. Let me tell you, God doesn't care how he talks to you. And, they, and, and But that's what, uh, in the, there's a statement, and I may put it on Facebook later, about what they said is so what's so weird about humans is their capacity to be uh, uh, fiercely ferocious to themselves. And their fears always tell them that they're not worthy. And I thought, oh, listen to this, the gospel coming in in Doctor Who. And, and so I just got excited because that's what we do. We pay so much attention to the voices and the noise that come inside of our head. And we're going to talk about some of that today, that sometimes we need to, to, to uh, realize that we are created as the same category as God after his image. And in the New Testament, uh, we, we saw that, uh, that we have an inward spirit. Uh, we saw that, uh, if you was here last week, we saw that fleeces are not really a, a biblical thing, <laughs> putting out a fleece before God. Five, four, three. You gotta let these things settle in. Is that even Gideon himself, when he was laying a fleece out, even asked God, now don't be mad at me. He knew he was even angering God. See, why don't we have to put a fleece out? Because in the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit. We should be listening to our spirit, not asking God to perform. One of the statements that we made last week, and it's rung, and I, and I didn't really think about it, but it's rung in my spirit all week, Ted, is we should be performing signs and wonders, not looking for them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Matter of fact, the word says a wicked people a wicked and perverse generation seeks sign. That's not us, so what should we be doing? We should be doing signs, amen? And so we, we've been looking at all these things about being spirit-led and, and people start to freak out a little bit when you start talking about the supernatural realm of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it, we shouldn't. How in the world the church has gotten so far away from this, I, I'll, I'll never know. But, and, and, and I know some of us have been in moves of the Holy Spirit before. Uh, I, I've, seen some, I've seen some unbelievable moves of the Spirit. Um, and, but what we've done is we've treated these moments like we were blessed to be there. Oh, I, it was such a blessing. So-and-so got up and shouted and 
They started praying in tongues or God, we saw God heal this person or God do that. Oh, we were just blessed to be there. No, you were created to be there. It, it, matter of fact, you're supposed to be living in that place all the time. Not sometimes. Holy Spirit says, the word tells us that the Holy Spirit is going to abide with us forever. He don't move on. He moved on the Old Testament prophets. He don't move on us anymore. He's in us, lives in us, and we have received him and we have access to the Holy Spirit and the things of God at any time. Well, then why don't we experience it? Because we're not trying. We get caught up in fear. We get caught up in doubt. We get caught up in all these other little things that uh, affect our lives. And we wonder, okay, God, where are you at now? Let's go to some scriptures we've read every, day, every week. We're going to continue to read them. Romans chapter 8, verses 13 and 14 from the uh, uh, God's Word translation says, if you live by your corrupt nature... Well, what's my corrupt nature? It's me trying to bring back or me believing that Jesus hasn't already taken care of our sin nature. We call it, you all heard me say it for years, the zombie nature. We're trying to feed a dead thing. You realize your flesh is a dead thing. He says, if we live by our corrupt nature, we're going to die. But if you use your spiritual nature, that's who you really are. But if you use your spiritual nature to put to death <coughs> the evil activities of the body, you'll live. Certainly all who were guided by God's spirit are God's children. All who are led by the spirit are God's children. Now let's go to first, second Corinthians, I'm sorry. Second Corinthians chapter four. Uh, verse uh, 14, I'm reading now the uh, J.B. Phillips translation. He says, this is the reason why we never collapse. The outward man does indeed suffer wear and tear, but every day the inward man, who you really are, your spirit, your inward man receives fresh strength. That tells me, Idra, there's never a time when I should be spiritually down. <laughs> Let's try that over here. We should never, I'm just spiritually down. Why? Holy Spirit lives in you and this scripture says every day you are being infused with new strength on your inward man. Sometimes we want to live by the outward rather than walking by the inward. And God is looking for a people who is going to go, and I believe that this year he's looking for people more than ever who are going to listen to the inward voice, to the inward spirit that they have. We call it the inward witness. You know, Pinocchio called it Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket was his what? His conscience. You see, I think a lot of times we've mixed our consciences up with our spirit. God is going to deal with your spirit. Do you know that he is always talking to your spirit? Your spirit is in, your spirit doesn't sleep. It doesn't need to. It's your body that sleeps. So when, when he speaks to you in dreams, he can speak to you in visions. And we're going to talk about all these over the next coming weeks. 
But today I'm just going to focus on this one is our inward witness. That thing that just happens. In, you ever just got that feeling in, in your gut? All the cop shows that I like to watch, that's what they say. I had a gut feeling. Felt it in my gut. <laughs> it's, it's just in my gut. See, when you see that, we need, and especially as the body of Christ, we need to understand when our gut is doing, what's Proverbs say? Proverbs says, the spirit of, the man, of a man is the candle of the Lord that searches all the inward parts of the belly. So your spirit, that check, that gut check that we all talk about, that's your spirit. He's searching inside and he's, he's looking in there. And so what happens is, and I believe this, one of the first ways that God and the Holy Spirit will lead us necessarily won't be in that word, but it'll be in that spirit. <laughs> now that, that, that really bothers a lot of people. And I'm not downgrading the word, the, the written word, okay? But he made you spirit. He connected you. Peter says that we are partakers of the divine nature. Uh, uh, there's another translation of that verse says that you are, you are in partnership with the divine nature. And so what happens is, is when we move into these things, we got to understand that we are walking into something that God wants us to be led by this. Sometimes your senses will make no sense. Sometimes the only sense that you get is fear. Am I the only one that's ever been there? There's a situation arises or something that comes up and the first thing, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm a little afraid of this one. Sometimes, why? Because that's what the enemy wants to do. He first wants to hit you in your head, but God's not going to hit you in your head. He's going to give you that gut check. Sometimes we need to get so quiet before God that we don't even hear our minds. Now, ladies, I know that's a difficult thing. Every time I say that, you know, I, I, I was, I, I've done some studies and there's some studies now that say that there is a place in a man's mind that he can go where he's absolutely thinking of nothing. But women have a hard time. It's not that it's not there. They have a hard time accessing that. So ladies, please don't get mad at us. What are you thinking about? Nothing. Because we really aren't. There's nothing going on. It's just like... <laughs> We really are thinking about nothing. But you see, it's in that place where we can get everything quiet that you can begin to hear Holy Spirit. And you can begin to sense that move and that direction that he wants to take us in. Go to Romans chapter 8. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 16 from the Amplified says, the Spirit himself testifies, now the Amplified is, and confirms together with our spirit. So what's he doing? Holy Spirit comes down and he begins to have a conversation. Not with your ears, although sometimes that happens too. There is the audible voice of God that happens too. But I believe the first place he talks to you is begins to testify and confirms in your spirit. He said, now the Spirit himself testifies and confirms with our spirit and assuring us that we believers are children of God. So first and foremost, I believe that the first place that he wants to speak to you is maybe not in a word, maybe not in a book, 
The first place he wants to talk to you is to your spirit. Into that inward side where we just know. You ever got up some one day or somebody's just been going through your mind and you can't get that person off your mind and no matter what you do, they keep popping up in your mind. And, you, and, and see, what, what is that? That is an unction of the Holy Spirit. There's the Holy Spirit putting that person inside you and that's your spirit resonating constantly that maybe you should pray for that person. Maybe call that person. Maybe they're facing something at that moment that they need someone who will stand, but I don't know what to pray for. Well, that's great because we got the Holy Ghost and Romans 8 says, when we don't know what to pray for as we ought, the Spirit himself makes groanings and intercessions that cannot be uttered. That word says it cannot be mentioned with articulate speech. So when we don't know what to pray for, so I get up and, 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 Terry's just on my heart, on my mind, and just constantly. Why can't I just shake Terry? I just, I don't know why I'm thinking about Terry so much. Well, what if she's going through one of the worst things that she's ever went through, and she's not told anybody, but Holy Spirit is stirring, stirring. See, that's being led by the Spirit. So I just... I don't have to pray for a long time. I don't know what to pray for. But when I don't know what to pray for, guess what I can do? I can begin to pray in other tongues and join my spirit up with Holy Spirit and we begin to pray in other tongues and we begin to reach out by the spirit and touch a spiritual need, maybe even a physical need. See, this is being led by the spirit. You should be, okay. We'll cover it maybe in a few weeks. But believers should be praying in other tongues. Amen. <laughs> we'll cover it because we're going to actually get into gifts of the Spirit before long. Why? Because it's being Spirit-led. That's Spirit-led, Spirit-directed prayer. Moving on. See, this is where people start getting uncomfortable. You're talking that Holy Ghost stuff now. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, from the Moffat translation, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I can't even read today, yet alone talk. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, out of Moffat's translation, says this. He says, No, as it is written, what no eye has ever seen, what no ear has ever heard, what never entered into the heart of man, God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10. And God has revealed it to us, how? So what no man has heard, what no man has seen, do you see what I'm saying? God wants to reveal to you what no one else has said, what no one else has seen, what no one else has heard. He wants to speak by his spirit to you. God wants to reveal to you the mysteries of the universe. Reese, one day, he came downstairs and he was pumped. And uh, he said, Dad, you'll never guess what was going on. I said, what? He said, I asked God, God, show me the universe. And he said, all of a sudden, everything went. And he said, all these things were flying past him that he thought were stars. 
Shirley. And then all of a sudden, he said, he, after, after he was done praying, he come back. And the Holy Spirit told him, said, that was the microcosm, not the cosmos. So rather than take him out there, he took him inward. See, that's what Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to speak to your spirit and, and show you what? What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, nor has it ever entered into the mind of a man. See, we are trying to live by this natural world and God wants to show you what man has not even thought of yet, what man has not ever seen, what they have yet to dream up yet, Bob. God is wanting to reveal it to you by the spirit, but you gotta listen to your spirit. Oh, glory. Verse 11, what human being can understand the thoughts of a man except that man's own inner spirit? So too, no one understands the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Well, according to the verse before that, Holy Spirit reveals that to us into our spirit he will put the very thoughts of God. Amen. Folks, I'm telling you, we can absolutely move into a whole different realm this year. Amen. If we will determine right now, we are going to start being led by our spirit. Amen. He said, no, what, no, I'm gonna show you things what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard. Man hasn't even dreamed this up yet. Besides, who can understand the thoughts of God except the spirit and the spirit reveals it to you? into your spirit, verse 12. Now we have received the spirit. So if we have received the spirit, guess what that means? Then we have the ability to receive the thoughts of God. Those things that have not been seen, those things that have not been heard, and those things that minds have not even created yet. Who glory. I'll make you drunk just thinking about it. He said, now we have received the spirit, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that comes from God, that we may understand what he bestows on us. Verse 13, and this is what we discuss: using language taught by no man, wisdom, but by the spirit. We interpret what is spiritual in a spiritual language. We talked last week about uh, Elijah. Elijah had already called down fire. He saw the, the, the offering burn up, the water burn up, and, and, and he takes off running because the next day Jezebel still rises up and decides she's going to kill everybody. And he runs. Now imagine, you pray, first you mock all the prophets of Baal. Well, maybe your God's off somewhere. And they're standing over there and they're cutting themselves and they're doing all these. Well, maybe they're cut. Maybe he's off. So maybe he went on vacation. Maybe your God went to the bathroom. I don't know. You know, he's somewhere. He's not in. And he said, God, and when he began to pray, fire fell from heaven, burns the offering, burns up all the water and makes the dry, makes the ground dry. And the next day you get afraid of a threat. Sounds just like me. We can see such great miraculous things and be led by the Spirit, but there's always that one thing. The enemy knows how to poke that one button. And so Elijah takes off and he's hiding in a cave. God said, what are you doing here? 
He said, God, I've been zealous for you. I'm the only one left. God tells him, says, go out to the top of the hill. And you all know the story we talked about last week. Come a fire, come an earthquake, come a great wind. And it said God was in none of those things. He said, but then there came a still, small voice. And it had so much power that Elijah ran down to the mouth of that cave he was hiding in, covered his face, and then the Spirit said, what are you doing here? Folks, that's where God wants to speak. We are, we've gotten so used to seeing great big giants. Matter of fact, we've gotten so used that our parents, parents, we're guilty. We've, we've done this to our children, actually. And maybe your, your parents did this to you. We didn't think mom and dad were serious unless they were yelling. Right? When mom and dad yell, they're serious. Now we treat God the same way. Holy Spirit's not really trying to get my attention unless he's shaking the ground. There's a fire. Rocks are crumbling. Unless he's real loud. And what we've done is we've trained ourselves not to listen to that still, small voice that speaks on the inside. We want to hear the, we want to see the miraculous rather than listen to our spirit. And we've, t- we've taught our children this. Dad's not serious, mom's not serious, unless they're yelling. That's not how Holy Spirit's gonna talk to you. Now there are times, there are times when you'll hear the audible voice of God. John baptized Jesus and a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son. Hear him, listen to him, I'm pleased with him. There are other times when we've seen the Spirit lead. And then there's times when we say, well, there's no way that's God. I bet Balaam thought that too. When his donkey wouldn't cross the bridge because there's an angel on the other side with his sword drawn and he kept running him into the wall. And the only time he really knew that that, that God was really moving was when the beast turned around and talked to him about it. <laughs> oh, well, that must be God. See, that's what we've done to God. We've relegated him down to how he can perform to get our attention rather than listening to the spirit inside of us draw us and whisper to us and say, hey, do this. Hey, do that. Hey, pray for Sandy. Hey, pray for him. Hey, reach out. Somebody's needing help. Somebody needs a card. Somebody needs a hug. Listen, listen, listen. He's speaking. Don't buy that. Don't do this. But we get so afraid. And then we get frustrated. And we're like, God, I can't hear you. Say that again. Whoever said that, say it again real loud. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about. You, you, you just, that segued me right into where I want to go next. Is hearing the spirit of God. We're talking about being spirit led here. God wants you led by your spirit. And, and, and so we have to train our spirits to hear God because we've done so much other stuff. We've done everything we could do to to not hear God. We want God to move. We're, We're good at fleeces. We want God to move. 
And God just says, I want you to hear me. So is it really possible to hear the Spirit of God? You hear him always. Go to uh, John 16. In John 16, uh, verse 13, he said, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So you know that when the spirit of God is leading you, now what if I miss it? We'll talk about that later. Welcome to humanity. There will come times when you get it wrong. I tell people all the time, somebody will say something, they say, I messed up, I'm sorry. I, you know, my, my phrase here lately has been, well, if you weren't so human, we'd be mad. <laughs> you know, we have to remember we're human. Even trying to listen to the Holy Spirit, we, we're doing this stuff and sometimes we have to train ourselves all over again, Shirley. He says, and he will speak what he hears. Um, he will tell you what? Things to come. What man has not seen, what ear has not heard, nor has entered into man. So Holy Spirit's job inside of you is to show you and lead you into things that you may not know, things you may not understand yet, or even sometimes things that are coming. He will glorify me and for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So Holy Spirit's whole job is to declare to you what God is speaking from heaven. Well, I'll go to this person and they can speak into my life. I'll go to this person. They may hear from God for you or they may lead you completely wrong. So why take the chance? See, if I have a word for you, it should confirm what God is already doing in you. Because you have Holy Spirit living inside of you right now. It should only confirm. If you're going to people for direction, uh, how about holding up and listening to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you first? God is speaking real loud if we'll just listen real good. He said, he will declare what he hears and he will declare it to you. Verse 15, all things that the Father have are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to him. Has anybody here ever heard of Brother Lawrence? Brother Lawrence was a, a monk. He's probably been dead 350 years or better. Um, he, there was a book of his teachings called The Practice of the Presence of God. The Practice of the Presence of God. You said, what do you mean the practice of the presence? Sometimes we need to, how many of you know the more you do something, the better you get at it? And for us to not think that we can't practice getting into God's presence until it becomes so natural, but see, we, oh no, Holy Spirit. Here. Fallacy number one. Holy Spirit's a gentleman. 
He will not do anything you don't want him to do. Somebody should have told the prophets in the Old Testament when they tried to prophesy against Israel and when they opened their mouth, all they could do was prophesy blessing to Israel. They did not want to do that. And so the next group comes and they go to speak and they can't speak against Israel again. It's not what they wanted to do. Finally, Saul gets frustrated and goes and tries it himself. He strips down naked and begins to prophesy. Don't worry. <laughs> but Brother Lawrence said this in his book. He said, you need not cry very loud. He is nearer to us than we think. You need not cry very loud. He is nearer to us than we think. Sandy said it a minute ago, shut up. She didn't understand that the first thing I wanna talk about in listening to our spirit is we have to learn the art of quietness. There's an art to quietness. I struggle with this. I'm going to be honest, I can be honest, right? Because, and I've trained my daughter, poor girl. There's something got to be happening all the time with me. You come into my office, it's very rarely ever quiet. There'll be music going, and don't be offended because you never know what kind of music I'm listening to either. There's music going, there's something happening. Why? Because I've, I've put myself into the point where there are things that's happening in the background, whether I'm paying attention to them or not. But see, the art of quietness says that, see, some places call it meditation. Y'all know meditation is not a bad word, right? It's in the Bible. Joshua said, what is it? Joshua chapter one, verses eight and nine. Said, let not this book of the law depart from thy mouth, but meditate on it day and night. And that's just one of the scriptures on meditation I could give you. See, there's an art to quietness. There's an art to setting down by yourself. See, this makes people come. This is why when we do worship in church, people get uncomfortable when there's no music and there's no singing. You say, well, I don't think people get uncomfortable. Come up here and watch. Because you see people out here going, stay and see it, what am I supposed to do? Tell me what to do here. <laughs> sit down, stand up, I don't know. See, it's cause we haven't learned the art of quietness. We haven't learned that art of just staying quiet and saying, God, speak to me. See, and, and here's the other thing us great Pentecostal charismatic have learned is when it gets real quiet, somebody's going to speak in tongues. Somebody's going to prophesy. And then there's all this pressure. Because the only time you should get that quiet in church is God has to speak. Maybe God wants to speak to everybody at one time, but in their spirit. But we get, we, get, we get uncomfortable and we have to rush. Five minutes of quietness? Man, I, I remember reading stories of the old revivals 
where for hours they would sit in silence as God's spirit moved on people. That's a move of God. See, we've not trained ourselves to understand quietness is a, is a move of God. So we think it has, something has to be happening all the time. I told you this, this series was going to get teachy on you. <laughs> Go to Psalms 46. We have to learn the art of quietness. Psalms 46, from the Passion Translation, he says, surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving. King James Version says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. I love how the passion puts it here. He said, stop your anxiety. Surrender your anxiety. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all other nations. I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. Be still. Like Sandy said, shut up. Be still. Learn. We have to practice this because churches for the most part have not learned this, Ted. If it, if it gets too quiet, people get uncomfortable. Why? Because in quietness, there's intimacy. Be still. Be quiet. Listen. Surrender your anxiety. Surrender all this. Anybody ever felt that way? I felt that way a time or two. Just. Surrender that. You want to hear God? Start practicing the quietness. Learn the art of sitting with no music, no TV. This is why I believe he speaks to me in the shower, Brent. I told you all a couple weeks ago, he speaks to me in the shower morning. Why? Because I have nothing going on. I don't turn music on, it's just me. Just me, I can't run. I can't get out, I can't get away. It's the place where I'm quiet. That's why it meant so much to me, that word God gave you about bathrooms. It's where we clean up. Um, Mark chapter six. So we got to learn the art of quietness. Be still and know. Mark chapter six, verse 31, the complete Jewish Bible puts it this way. It says, they were so many, there were so many people coming and going that they couldn't even take time to eat. So he, Jesus, said to them, come with me by yourselves to a place where we can be alone. And you can get some rest. See, Jesus even understood and, and instructed his disciples that there are times where there are so much things going on that you need to come away where you can be quiet and it's just you and him and only, you just listen to him and you wait and you expect him to hear. Being quiet before God is more than just not talking. It's, getting, it's quietening your anxious thoughts me and Dee talk about this all the time. She says, I don't think, and, and I'm just gonna tell you how she generalizes women, I don't. She's a woman. She says, I don't know if a woman can do that. Where there's not a thousand things going on through our mind. But did you realize that the chaos of creation was over before God put a woman in the garden? 
Your natural order is to come into a place of order. Oh, this kind of stuff gets you in trouble. That's just the difference. That's how we're made up. So it is possible, but you got to let things be in order. Let it happen. Meditating on God's word as we hear and as we sit and we listen. Find a good place where you can sit uninterrupted. And if you've got small children, sorry, figure it out. <laughs> if the grandbabies are over, I don't know what you're going to do. So the first thing we're going to have to do if we really want to listen to our inward witness is learn the art of quietness. Where we can actually know what he's speaking to our spirit. The second thing I think we need to do is you need to listen with expectancy. When you go into this, you need to expect God to start speaking to you. We can't be surprised when we move into something that he's, oh, I actually heard God. Well, yeah, you're a spirit being. He speaks to your spirit all the time. You got to listen with expectancy. Psalms 5, verse 3 from the Amplified. Excuse me. Psalms 5, verse 3 from the Amplified. He says, in the morning, O Lord, I, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will prepare a prayer and a sacrifice. For you watch, I will prepare a prayer and a sacrifice for you. And look at look what David said he's going to do. And I will watch and wait for you to speak where? To my heart. Amen. I will watch and I will wait. See, well, not only do we learn the art of quietness, we learn the art of I will sit here until I hear you. And I expect you to speak to me because I'm bringing you a prayer and I'm bringing you a sacrifice and I am going to sit here and I expect you to speak. Amen. It's not that God's not speaking to you. It's just that we've got everything else going on inside of us that we're not listening. Folks, I'm telling you, if we take, I'm telling you, if we'll grasp this today, it will change our spiritual atmosphere. Because we won't be one or two people being led by the Spirit. It'll be a whole group of people who listen to the Holy Spirit and who move when they hear Him speak. Micah chapter 7, verse 7, out of the Amplified Classic says this. Micah chapter 7, verse 7, he says this, But as for me, I will look how expectantly for the Lord with the confidence in Him and I will keep watch. I will wait with confident expectation for the God of my salvation. Now look what he says. My God will hear me. Amen. I will listen with what? Quiet expectation. So we learn the art of quietness. And we go into a place of quietness before God, expecting God to speak. Let me tell you something. If it, it, if you come and ask me a question, you expect me to talk to you, right? So if we go before God and say, God, I need to hear you with my spirit. I don't need to hear all this noise that's going on out here. I need to hear you from inside here. Expect it. And then we need to be ready. See, these aren't steps to hearing God. This is just what we need to do. It's not step one. No, it's learn the art of expectancy. 
This is everything you can do, right? I'm not telling you if, you know, stand on your head, stand on one foot, spin three times. No, learn the art of being quiet before God. When you go into a session with God, expect God to speak. Don't let the quietness get uncomfortable. Relax in it. And then finally, you have to be ready to hear him. Now, what does it mean to be ready to hear him? And I meant to have these today and I'll probably have them next week because I didn't go out to the storage containers and get them. As I'll have you a notebook and some of you may already do this. Journaling is a good thing. Have a book, have a notebook, have a voice recorder. That's one thing I appreciate about Bob and Idra. If they're, if, they, if they're getting a word from God, they'll stop you and say, wait a minute. One of them will bring up a voice recorder and they'll record it. Why? You need to be ready. And if you're ready for God to speak, then you need to write it down because sometimes we forget, Jody. Sometimes we forget what he said. We forget how he said it. We're like, well, did it what? Now, wait a minute, God. How did you say that again? So if we go before God and we're ready, we've got a voice memo, we've got paper, we've got pen, whatever works for you. There's not one certain way to do this. Is you have to get that. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse two. You all know this verse. Thus speaks the Lord God of Israel saying, write in a book for yourself all the words that I have spoken to you. Now we live in 2021. It might be a voicemail or a voice memo on your phone. That could be your book. I'm not saying it has to be, but God's saying, be ready, write down the words that I say so that you can go back and you can hear it and you can play it over and over again. And you can remember what he said about a situation during that time, journal it out, write it down, take some notes, listen. When you know God is speaking, So let's learn to be quiet. Let's go into a time of quietness with expectancy, expecting God to speak and have ready to write it down. Uh, Habakkuk chapter two. Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. Then the Lord answered and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. See, this is all scriptural stuff that we should be doing. Write it down. Voice memo it. Do something. Learn to be quiet. Quiet, God. Some of you drive long distances to work. Turn everything off. And again, this is where I'm guilty, Steve. I'm telling you me. If I'm in the car, there's music going. If I'm in my office, there's music going. If I'm at home, now you say, well, what do you mean? And I'm, I, hear, Brent, I hear God. But there are times when I have to come in here. When there's nothing going on and it's quiet. I don't even turn the lights on because I'm not afraid of the dark. <laughs> there's time, and I'll just sit. I'll come up on the stage and I'll just lay down. And I'm not, folks, let me tell you, in a time of quietness, you are not praying. Well, if I get quiet before God, I need to pray. See, we've, we've conditioned ourselves. Something has to happen. 
I have to do something to make this happen. No, you don't. You are a spirit being. Your spirit will hear God. So don't even pray. Go in, expect God to hear, be ready, have something to write on. Write the vision, make it plain so that when you go back and read it again, you can run with it. This is being led by the Spirit. Now, I want to lead you, leave you with one scripture that I meant to read it last week and the Holy Spirit told me not to. And I couldn't figure out why until I realized how it fits into this week's message. <laughs> so I moved it to this week. Isaiah chapter 30 from the Passion Translation, verse 20. Isaiah 30, verse 20 and 21 from the Passion. I love how the Passion Translation puts it. Even though the Lord may allow you to go through a season of hardships and difficulty, he himself will be there with you. So understand this, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, don't forget, he's there with you. He said, well, even though the Lord may allow you to go through a season of hardship and difficulty, he himself will be there with you. He will not hide himself from you. So God's not trying to hide from you. Well, I can't hear you, God, where are you at, where are you at? Right there. He said, for your eyes will constantly see him as your teacher. Now, the next verse is what I love from the Passion. You want to go back and get that other one? She ain't listening. All right. When you turn to the right or turn to the left, you will hear his voices behind you. God speaks in a lot of voices. Sometimes it even sounds like yours. Well, that was just me. Well, then why did you think that? Would you have normally thought that? No. Guess what? It wasn't you. It's just echoing through your spirit. His word is echoing through your spirit. He said, and whether you turn to the left or you turn to the right, you will hear his voices behind you saying, and to guide you, saying, this is the right path. Follow it. This is being led by the spirit. Learning the art of quietness. Going into a quiet time with God with expectancy that he's going to speak to you. Ready to write down, jot down, voice memo the words that you hear him speak. Because he's going to speak in one of his many voices. Remember John, he said he heard him. It sounded like his voice sounded like many waters. Sometimes it's just a knowing in your spirit. You just see, people say, all I see in the spirit. Maybe it's, you ever had a, just a picture of something go through your mind? And God begins to reveal something to you. And maybe you didn't see it, see it, but you just, you could see it. You know what I'm saying? That's listening to your spirit. That's being led by your spirit. And this is how God wants us to live. A supernatural people being led by a supernatural God who is always speaking to his children. Amen? Let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you for today and I thank you for the opportunity to teach this today. And Father, 
let us not lose sight. Let us not lose sight of the words you have in store for us. Let us learn to quiet ourselves before you, Lord, as we expect you to speak. And as we move forward, we'll be ready and we'll write it down that when we go back and read it again, we can run with the vision that you have spoken to us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you begin to speak to us louder and louder and louder. Or better yet, even if you whisper, let us prepare ourselves and practice your presence to where we can hear you clearer. That even if you whisper, it's loud to us. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen.